I'm here at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? I am uh, Will Stoller from Cypher Prime. Okay, and what, what's your studio about? Uh, we make audio games. Uh, traditionally, we made Flash games. Now we're branching out to different platforms. We've gone PS3, and now we're doing a lot of iPad stuff, iPhone stuff, and uh, actual native builds for PC and Mac. Were you so? Were you doing audio games in Flash too then, or was it just different types of? Um, all of our games are in Flash. Previously, all prototypes have been. Uh, we have some of the best technology in the world for as far as audio is going. We actually have real synth libraries where we can emulate music on the fly. And uh, in fact, our last game, Fractal, we literally composed music on the fly based on how you played all in Flash. And then what inspired you to, to leave the Flash platform and try other different platforms? Um, well, we maxed it out. I mean, there's nothing more we could really do with Flash. Uh, Flash 10 came out, which is great, and the plugin ran about, I don't know, 120% faster. But at the end of the day, there's no memory management. A lot of the things we wanted to do with music, we were able to do with music. But we were able to do with music without visuals. And all the stuff we wanted to do with visuals, we could do, but without music. And since the combination of those two is really our bread and butter, that was sort of a problem for us. And I think we were really sick of kind of working in a vector world where we had to kind of do things where we're converting things to bitmaps all the time and catching things. And it's really just... It, we kind of maxed it out. It wasn't for us anymore. Sure. And what kind of um, music games do you do? I mean, music games are a huge genre. So how do you, what inspires you uh, in terms of the gameplay you're looking for? And can you discuss some of the games you've done that you've released and, and the specific gameplay? Um, I mean, as far as gameplay, we're inspired by everything. I mean, all of our games are totally different. Um, they're actually very different. Our first game was Auditorium. It's basically a game where you convert light to sound. You have streams of light. You put them in audio containers. Each one represents... They're a track. This is Yorkshire. Put them together. Um, that game's been really well for us. That was our flagship game. It was the first game we ever came out with. Um, it's fact why we are a game company. We originally started out as an interactive studio. Oh. And um, it's been so profitable for us that now we just make games. Um, Fractal was our second game. That was really good for us. Um, and now we're going to game Pulse, which is really interesting because now we're not just doing the, all the audio ourselves. We're also working with other indie artists and really kind of branching out from genres. We have anything from nerdcore to country to death metal to folk music. So it's really a cool thing to deal with. Um, yeah, I got a chance to check out Pulse. So Pulse, is that going to be specifically for iPad? Um, we it's, just, it's built on Unity, so um, any platform that Unity can support, we could technically port to. Um, but it is a touch-based game, and it doesn't really work outside of the touch environment. We've tried on the Mac and PC, and it's it's just uh, it sucks. It's horrible. It's yeah, not as fun. What's what was the inspiration behind it? What's interesting about the game is I didn't feel like I could lose it. You know, you can't lose, and it's more about trying to catch. It's kind of a rhythm game, um, but you know, you're trying to just yeah sync up stuff like sync up the the uh, the pulse with <laughs> with the balls or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of our games can fail, and that's kind of one of our big things that we always emphasize. And we always do family-friendly games, and we just don't believe in failure. I mean, well, they, do you have point systems then, and all that other stuff like achievements and badges? Uh, no. <laughs> um, it's interesting. Um, pulse is graded just on a percentage curve, so you can hit things perfectly, and that's worth two points behind the scene. You can hit something where it's not totally on beat and we give you 1.5 and if you miss it, you get zero. And at the end of the day, all you see is a percentage bar from zero to 100%. So if you hit every single node in the level, everything on perfect beat, you'd get 100%. And the chances of that are pretty slim. I mean, you'd have to be like really good at the game to do that, which is cool. It kind of gives you something to inspire to, but at the end of the day, points really aren't that big of a deal to us. And, uh, you know, competitive gameplay is cool. But it's not really where we're at. Where we're at. We did do that with Fractal, our previous game, um, 
and I don't know if I feel like it worked out that well. Uh, I, it definitely was competitive, and it was cool, and it did have a lot of point system, and it had achievements, and it had some interesting stuff, but I don't think it's anywhere near as fun as just caring about the experience and nothing more. Yeah, can you talk about some of the design principles that your studio embraces? So you said there's no losing. What are other things? Um, we do all minimalistic design. I, I in fact, am the designer. Um, we design all gameplay based on music. Um, so before a game's ever made, an audio track is made. Uh, we scope gameplay from audio rather than making audio to gameplay, which is something very different. Auditorium, our first game, was actually, we had a track that my business partner, Dana, made when I think he was eight years old. Um, that's in the demo of Auditorium. That was one of the inspiring tracks to the game. Um, it was supposed to originally be a shmup. We started making the particle engine, never left it. We decided explosions are really cool, and we love light, so that's kind of how it came about. But we really let audio kind of dictate what we're doing. Um, yeah, can you talk about the design process as you're making these games? Because um, since you're letting the audio dictate stuff, how are you prototyping, and what, what does that prototyping entail? Um, prototyping is interesting. It's a little weird. Um, everything's paper prototypes. Um, wow, even for, for the music stuff? Uh, everything's paper prototypes. Uh, even Pulse was paper prototype. Um, even and at, after that phase, when we do the paper prototypes, and you know, we've come up with like 30 or 40 different ideas, and I mean 30 or 40. We do a lot of ideas first, because yeah. ideas are easy, they're cheap, they cost nothing. Um, once we've done that, you know, we'll probably spend like maybe a day or two days doing that, and then we come up and we'll build something, a digital prototype normally. Uh, those are always done in Flash, because Flash is just dirty, it's quick. And uh, even today, we still, we're still using, we're using Unity now, but still Flash is the fastest for us to build in. Um, the final product is never really where we want it to be, but it's just so quick for doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, what are, where do you see then uh, your studio going? Um, and can you talk about marketing for your studio and the business side of the studio? How do you, you know, audio, when, when people think of these platforms like Flash and whatever else, it's more about social, multiplayer, stuff like that. Audio is, isn't really considered. So how are you guys promoting your games? Um, it's interesting you talk about audio not being considered. I mean, we've been doing a lot of judging for audio in different categories all over the place this year um, in lots of different competitions. And what always comes up is innovative audio versus excellent audio. Um, so technical excellence versus innovation. And uh, we really strive to do both of those. And we really try to innovate, which is something new because a lot of studios aren't really doing that. So that's kind of our niche and where we're, we're hoping to continue is just keep going on this path of innovative audio game designs. Um, as far as the business and marketing side of things, I mean, there's just so much to get into there, but um, we actually do have an in-house marketing team now, uh, which is really interesting. Um, it's mostly, we, we have one paid person and everyone else is interns, unfortunately, at the moment, but sure. it's something we just started. It's a new initiative. We, we started, I mean, maybe, like, I guess, a month ago, and it's been great for us, but we haven't had any marketing up to this point, and it's just been, it was, we started out as two people, uh, now we have five. What, what inspired you to even consider marketing? Most games, most smaller game studios just don't even take marketing seriously. What, what was the turning point? I mean, I mean, that's paying one additional person. Um, our last game, Fractal, um, in my opinion, and a lot of people who play the game, and anyone who really got to play the game, um, they feel it's a better game than our previous game, Auditorium. Um, as far as being a game, maybe it's not a better experience, but it is a better game. Um, it's sold very bad. Um, it never got any marketing coverage. It never got any press coverage. Um, one of the reasons for that is we just we couldn't do it. We had two people. Well, we actually had three people at that time. One intern, Ben. He was really great. Um, but the problem was we made this awesome game, and by the time we're done, we'd spent like a year making this game, and now we can't sell it because we're just so burnt out from dev and design that we just can't do anything anymore. And you know, we spent a long time analyzing that failure, and it was fine. I mean, we could cover the failure. And we have, and you know, we've been doing ports and other things to kind of come back and get back on our feet. 
But at the end of the day, the failure was marketing and advertising. And it's sad to say, but a great game is a great game. But if no one plays it, it's not really a great game anymore. Yeah. So the marketing and the advertising things we actually think is more important than our jobs these days. So, wow. So, I mean, you can have the crappiest game in the world and great marketing, and you'll survive, and you'll get to make a new game. And for us, we just want to keep making games. So uh, I feel like it's a necessary evil, so is we're that, it out. So how does that impact the culture of the studio? I mean, you've got now you know, 30 33% of your studio, or actually more, but... It's you know, 50%. Yeah, 50%. Yeah, I mean, 50%... That's, of that's talking about marketing every day. So. It's cool, actually. I mean... <laughs> Uh, one of the things about the marketing thing is that they always want like they want deadlines and they want creative and they need a screenshot for this and a video for that and the fact of the matter is you don't have the game done so you don't have that stuff and so it actually pushes you and I mean yeah, they that's good time and they, they're always talking about what you're doing and it's cool because they're writing stuff and it actually makes you feel better about what you're doing and you don't feel so lonely and they have all the time in the world to kind of consider what you're doing and what direction you're going in to kind of second guess you which you may not be doing all the time. And I know I personally don't, and that's my business partner, Dane. We're just, we keep our heads down, and we're both doing three or four things a day. I mean, we're both developing, we're both designing, we're both doing audio. and That's a lot just for two people. Yeah. And how has is, how is the whole intern thing worked out for you in terms of marketing? Is that even productive, or is it actually hard? <laughs> it's weird. Uh, we never had it. We had one intern before, and he ended up being... You know, he was a development in Ben Ells, and uh, he ended up staying with us for a year. He came down from Canada. He was a super cool guy, but we basically hired him right off the spot. So he was an employee. He wasn't really an intern. And we had another one, uh, Carrie, and now Carrie works as a full-time as well. And those really were like quick internships, maybe like two weeks. And it was like, okay, you're hired, man. Let's do this. Um, this is a little different. These guys are in for a longer haul. Uh, we have one person who's paid just... Just a little bit. She she comes in, I guess, uh, like four hours a week just to manage because we just don't have a lot of money for it. Yeah. And um, she's managing two interns, and they've just come in, and that's it's different. I mean, I, we're really giving them something. I feel like, and they're really giving us something. Um, I have no expectations, so uh, whatever happens, we're really excited about. But it hasn't been um, too distracting. And have you seen any tangible results so far from your marketing initiative and you know um, promotion and stuff? Uh, well, that's one of the interesting things. It's, it's funny because you, you talk about it and you're wondering, oh, have you seen anything good about it? But yeah. one of the first things you realize once you get marketing interns is that you have no tangible way to figure out if these yeah. teams are doing well. And you're like, wow, maybe I need to do things like study you know, how many games we're selling and where they're coming from and what the demographics are. And so all of that business stuff has actually come together through that. So even while we, at, at this point in time, we've only been doing it for about a month. So we haven't seen the tangible results, but as far as the yeah, actual business running better and knowing where we're at and all that sort of stuff, we're on top of all that now because they need that data just to kind of figure out what they're doing. Yeah, um, awesome. So it's really kind of organized us in a way to think about what we're doing. Right. So hands up, I mean, yeah, we have seen results. Not necessarily where we were expecting to see them, but we've definitely seen a lot of results. And where can listeners, you know, check out your game, uh, give it props, uh, play, play the game, stuff cool. like that? Um, well, the company's name is Cypher Prime, and you can play at Cypher Prime. How do you spell that? Awesome. Yeah, because it's a little hard to spell. Yeah. Uh, Cypher, so it's C-I-P-H-E-R, and then Prime, as in a prime number, P-R-I-M-E. Yeah. 
And um, and is there any other place besides Cypher Prime? Prime is it going to be on the App Store stuff? Like uh, Pulse will be on the App Store. Um, in fact, right now we have a track on the App Store for Pulse to kind of a show you some sort of the music, and it's called Porcelain Doll. Um, we also have uh, PlayAutorium.com and PlayFractal.com. Those are really easy URLs, and it'll probably be PlayPulse.com if it's not already bought. It probably is because I just said this, but okay. you know, I jinxed myself. But no, that's cool. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Take care.